days, we all know how frustrating it is to sit through a two-hour movie only to discover that the real action is being saved for a sequel that may or may not happen. Stop doing that, Hollywood! But instead of stopping doing it, they've topped themselves. Because imagine the frustration that comes after a 10-hour movie and still discovering you have to wait for a potential second season before anything really happens. I don't have to imagine that frustration. I experienced it with Cursed. Ah, that was the curse. That was the curse. And I gotta tell you, I don't think we're gonna get Cursed season two. So I'm just never gonna see any of this King Arthur stuff materialize. Darn it. And I'm a big King Arthur fan, so I found it particularly frustrating. Maybe if you don't know what it's leading up to, you'll be like, just nothing happens on this show, whatever. But since I know where it's going, that was made it even more upsetting. Also, they totally buried the real headline here that certainly would have gotten cursed more attention than 13 Reasons, star, uh, Ka- 13 Reasons Why star Catherine Langford. With all due respect to Catherine Langford, although as you'll see, I didn't think she did a very good job here. But... They race-bended King Arthur, and they cast Devin Terrell, who also played Barack Obama. From Obama to King Arthur, what a resume. So who race-bends King Arthur and then doesn't tell audiences about it, especially with what's happening now in not just the United States, but the entire world? Netflix! (laughs) Well, they might have been a bit embarrassed that he's a bit underwritten, that he's a bit beta male, and only a bit King Arthur, because for the entire 10 frickin' episodes, he never actually turns into King Arthur. I couldn't believe it. But there it was, right before my eyes. (laughs) But still, you can't blame Devin Terrell. He's a very charismatic choice, a strong leading man. I thought, actually, the best actor on the show, uh, even though, again, his role is underwritten, and so even the show even eventually got him, but he started out really strong. He also uh, has, does excellent, excellent sword work. I know that Catherine Langford's character isn't supposed to be a, have any experience with swords like uh, Arthur does. He's just regular Arthur in the show. Uh, but so so, but they give the sword to Catherine Langford so often she doesn't really know how to use it. Uh, but. Devin Terrell sure does, uh, and so I really enjoyed watching him use it. When he swings Excalibur, he looks like King Arthur. Too bad it only happened really for one episode. Episode three, if you're wondering, my favorite episode on the show. Uh, Episode one had a very cool long take that I have to respect. The long take, it's become uh, a, a rite of passage for pretty much any piece of entertainment, for particularly streaming series. And this one has one. Uh, But episode three, I thought overall was the best. That's when I thought this show might actually turn into something. I was getting ready to write my review. Oh, if you can get through the first two episodes, you'll be golden. But then after episode three, it just went back downhill. And even worse, actually. Uh, And also, speaking of episode three, I can't believe they tease a knight's tournament and they show how good Arthur is with with Excalibur, and then they don't have the knight's tournament. I was like, what?! As for Excalibur, oh, that's the coolest thing in this show by far. Excalibur, of course, is the most famous sword of all time. They kept calling it the the sword of power, though, which reminded me of He-Man and She-Ra, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, So so that distracted me. But it's the coolest I've ever seen Excalibur. Like, it's like when I finally got Captain America's shield and Winter Soldier. 
I got Excalibur watching this show. It's like Mjolnir, but dare I say it, even cooler. And Mjolnir's pretty freaking cool. But here, Excalibur is a blade of the four elements, but you only really see it repel the rain, although that was very cool. So it repels the rain and always finds its enemy. And it not only cuts your enemy, but brands them. They only really show that briefly, but I thought that was a really neat idea. Like, you know that Excalibur gotcha because it leaves its mark. I thought that was awesome. Uh, everyone who sees the sword immediately wants it, which you totally get. I wanted it, and I wasn't even enjoying this show. Or was I, you know what, I actually was like, they made a regular sword as cool as like a lightsaber. That's pretty impressive. It does light up down the middle though, with like some kind of like ancient fairy or fey writing. And I was like, this is a great sword. So I loved it. The least interesting thing in the show though, I'm sorry to say is Catherine Langford. Now, while I respect her Golden Globe nomination for 13 Reasons Why, which to be fair, I've never seen. So maybe she was really good one time, the one time I didn't see her. But every time I've seen Catherine Langford, including here, I think she's pretty underwhelming. I wouldn't say she's a bad actress, but she's certainly not strong enough to carry this entire series, which she's asked to do. Also, there's a lot of buildup about how her character is cursed, and she's supposed to be maybe the most powerful witch that ever lived. Yada, yada, yada. You know the drill. But here, except for once or twice, that never really materializes. So I felt cheated out of my big magic moment. And speaking of being cheated out of magic moments, Merlin is also here. And I know a lot of you are fans of Gustav Skarsgård, of that Skarsgård family, yes, from Vikings. And I've never seen him there either, so maybe he's great on Vikings. But here, he came across as a cheap knockoff of Jack Sparrow. Even in the, like, the first time you see him, well, not the first time, but when he goes to the king's court for the first time and he's drunk, he did an exact Jack Sparrow drunk move. I was surprised the director didn't yell, cut, and say, you can't just steal Johnny Depp's routine. He's already done this. Your movie, I, I feel like you just watched Pirates of the Caribbean and you're intentionally copying him. Not like, there's only so many ways to play drunk. You're doing Jack's, you're doing a Jack Sparrow impression. So I didn't appreciate that because it's like one of the most brilliant things Johnny Depp ever did. Don't steal it. Uh, and then, I don't know whose dumb idea it was for Merlin to have lost his magic for the entire show until the last episode where he only kind of gets it back. I was like, I don't want to just see regular old Merlin. He's just a guy. He's just a guy then. So that was frustrating. He does have this cool shadow lady that he keeps interacting with. I thought that was real neat. Uh, the Leopard Kingdom, though, I could have done without that. I'm trying to eat here, Cursed. I'm trying to eat. Morgana is also here, and I won't reveal which character she is as it's a surprise, and I don't want to ruin it if you happen to make, make yourself watch this show. Or hey, maybe you like it. Maybe you like it. But her transformation towards the end of the season is supposed to, it is very important, but unbelievably happens off camera. Maybe they plan to revisit it in season two, but never save for season two what you can do today, because then therefore you might not have a season two. Uh, a couple of other figures from the King Arthur legend also show up, many of them revealed again just in the final episode, which again I found very frustrating. I'd be like, I would have liked to have known that earlier. Also, who Lancelot is, I thought was ridiculous. That actually made me roll my eyes. I was like, come on, that doesn't make any sense. Now, Cursed does have its moments. There are some clever scenes and twists. Like, you'll be watching it. That's, it's hard to stop watching it. You know, I kept watching it because I'm reviewing it. But when you're watching it, every now and then, just when you're, like, ready to be like, I'm not watching this, they're like, oh, here's something cool. And you're like, that was pretty cool. Maybe it's getting better. Spoiler alert, it doesn't get better. It gets kind of worse, actually, I'm afraid to say. But anyway, 
that does have its mo so it has its moments. There are, they spend a lot of money on very impressive sets and locations. It's a beautiful show. And some of the visuals are very strong, particularly the ones that are based on Frank Miller's work from the graphic novel that he did with screenwriter Tom Wheeler, who's the showrunner here. He writes some of the scripts, which was basically a pitch for this show. They didn't write the graphic novel just because they wanted to put it out into the world. They wanted a TV show. And they got one, but it's weak. Uh, and also, the Frank Miller stuff is used so sparingly. It's not like you're watching Sin City here or something. It's really like, like really, I'd say maybe a couple of times they only use it. Frank Miller, though, does show up himself in a small cameo in episode three. I was like, why are you playing? He's one of the bad guys. And I was like, that's the cameo that you chose? But he did. It's in episode three, by the way, again, my favorite episode. And there's also a weird transition that they use from scene to scene sometimes. And I think it's to further bring in Miller's style of artwork. But to me, while I thought it was cool, like from an intellectual perspective, emotionally, it just took me out of the show every time I watched it. I guess because it seemed so much like a, a tactic by the show than something that was organic. Also, the, uh, I've just never seen transitions like that before. I was, a part of me was like, can you, I know the show can afford a big, has a big budget, so it made it seem like they couldn't afford the transition. I don't know, it was weird. Also, the opening credits feature a lot of Frank Miller-style visuals, but I was frustrated with those as well, because to me, they came across as a ripoff of the Sabrina opening credits, which just got canceled. It has one more season, though. It has one more season. Cursed often feels derivative, uh, and ultimately, even derivative of the Arthurian legend itself, instead of the real deal, which it should have been. I wouldn't even call it a prequel to King Arthur, as I've seen some others do today. I would say it's more like a shadow of King Arthur, you know? Like King Arthur light. Super light, like essence of King Arthur. It was annoying. So that's my review of Cursed, now available on Netflix, if you dare. Some of you might be fans of the talent, so you might try and trudge through it. And if you do, I'd be very curious to what you think about it down below. Share those thoughts, subscribe today, and of course, as always, you can check out some more videos right now.